Welcome to another edition of the Casual Hour, a podcast ostensibly about video games, but mostly about who the fuck cares because Mark of the Ninja is coming to the goddamn Switch. Johnny Amazich, you are here. Hello. Hi, I'm, I'm here to celebrate this momentous occasion with you. Johnny, I am so excited. I've this, never played Mark of the Ninja. Chase. This wasn't supposed to happen. This game was developed by Clay, but published by Microsoft. So that's so, why uh, okay. that's why we've never seen it come to other things before. That's why it hasn't gotten a PS4 version, obviously. And I think that's one of the reasons that Clay hasn't made a sequel to it is because now Clay's kind of doing their own thing, and and they're uh, I don't know if they're I think they're self publishing, uh, so they don't. So to go to they don't have the that, rights, right? Like the rights are a little tied up. So why not do something on our own that we can put on all the platforms we want instead of going back to the well with that? And now it's coming to Switch this fall. And when when did the first game? When did the game originally come out? Oh God, it came out a while ago. It was an Xbox 360 XBLA game. Uh, okay, this would have been when I was in college. Some twenty years ago, twenty ten. 10, 20. Uh, I suppose I could just look that up right now. Came out February 28th, 2012. Yeah, that, that's about right. Uh, anyway, I love that game. And I <laughs> I keep this little list on my phone of, uh, I call it my Switch list. Or Swish list, because it's my Switch <laughs> wish list. And like that's not even a game I put on it. Because I knew because it, was it wasn't most, supposed to happen, right? It's it's impossible, and today it's possible. Anyway, uh, this is the casual hour. Uh, I'm your host, Chase yes, Uh Bobby is Bobby is out for this week, and that's why we have Bobby Johnny is. Here. Who the fuck cares where Bobby is? Very good. That's point. where Bobby is. <laughs> I bet he hasn't played Mark of the Ninja either. Uh, so, well, I'm going to uh, play this this new one. Yeah, absolutely. Remake. Mark of the Ninja Remastered. We'll we'll get into it a little bit more as we talk about the uh the Nindy Direct that happened uh today, in fact, March twentieth when we're recording. Um but before that, I think we should talk about what you've been playing. So Johnny, it has been about a month since you were on. Yeah. Uh tell me about the games that you were playing that are not called Monster Hunter World. <laughs> oh man, uh that's a short list. Good. I'm joking. Good. I'm joking. Uh, well, Chase, as you know, uh, I went on a trip last month, went on my honeymoon, and you were so, so nice as to gift me a copy of Fire Emblem Echoes Shadow of Valentia. See, you, you say nice, and, and Bobby said the same thing, because I bought copies for both of you, uh, because they were on sale. Um, I... I don't view it as being nice. I view it as this was my manipulative way of getting you both to play Fire Emblem. <laughs> I mean, I, I didn't object to playing <laughs> Fire Emblem before. But, so. now, but now you guys feel obligated to pe- play it because I purchased you copies. I mean, maybe sure at first. <laughs> but my plan worked. It did. It's got to yeah, give me a taste. Uh, uh, that game is Fire Emblem. And... So Awakening was the first one I ever played, as you know, and this one in some and, ways... And you didn't finish Awakening. I have not. Right. No, I'm going to go back and do that once I'm done with uh, Echoes. Um, but it, in a lot of ways, it feels like an older game, because this is actually the second game they ever made, but it originally only came out in Japan, correct? 
Right. This is a, a I mean, it's, it's it's a highly modified right version of that of that second game, Fire Emblem Gaiden. But yeah, it but is, it has it is dungeon right. crawling, and uh, you can't partner uh, your yeah, um, you can't pair up units. can't pair up your units together, which is something that I really liked about uh, Awakening, and so. Uh, it took me a, a little bit to get uh, into the swing of the combat, but once I found my groove, I, you know, I got right back into it. Definitely. Um, like, it's it's a little bit easier to get into in some ways, because it doesn't it doesn't have the weapon triangle in it, so kind of just everybody is relatively effective against everybody else. Uh, there aren't even axe units. Well, there aren't characters that you can use that are axe units. Uh, you'll fight against some characters, okay. fight against enemies who use axes, but... Any axe that you find in the game is just kind of a, a thing that you can sell. Oh. I don't, I don't know if I've picked up an axe yet or not. I'm in the third act, I think. Okay. I'm only about ten hours in. Um, up to a few hours in while I was traveling. And uh, like an hour here and there since we got back. And that game's really good. It makes me want to play more Fire Emblem once I'm done with this one. Well, that's good to um, hear. Like I'm, I'm also I'm probably much farther than it in, than you are. I'm also in Act Three, but Act Three is is a big one. So it's, it seems, yeah, the map really opens up. Uh, you have control of the two main characters at the same time. Right. Now, something I was curious about: Do I need? To, does it matter if I go through the whole path of one of the characters and not? Okay, so I can just take it at my own pace. Yeah, there will be specific times where it will uh, force you to, to play okay. as one or the other. But yeah, you can just play up to somebody's thing. Like there's a there's a very specific part where Om and Celica have er, get to uh, this place where they can cross into the to the nation that invaded them. So now they're invading the nation that invaded them. But there's this gate that needs to be opened on either side. And so you can only get so far in one before they go, oh, there's this gate. I guess I can't can't move any uh, move forward anymore. And then the other one can unlock the other part of the gate. So now. OK, so that, that's yeah, kind of how they block that off. All right. I was just curious because I didn't want to advance too far. And then it'd be like, oh. You missed your opportunity to see all this, all this stuff happen. No, I... no, you're fine. OK. Um. And uh, what else have I been up to besides Monster Hunter? Which, by the way, I broke I'm at 120 hours in Monster Hunter since it came out. Cool. <laughs> um, I played uh, the Burnout remake, remaster. Yeah, I have too. Uh, the game's still really good, Chase. It is. I... I don't think it's as good as I remembered it, but it's it's still very good. So I did not play it actually until much later. After I got it in a uh, a humble bundle, I think like four years ago. Okay. And I played a little bit of it on my computer, and I really liked it. But my computer really was not designed to uh, to play games. Yeah. Not so a, not I didn't. Snuff. No, so I didn't spend too much time with it. Um, I don't know if I'm going to end up buying it or not um just because there's some other stuff coming out that I, I might need to divert my funds to and i just have so many other games that i'm still playing right um but 
that game, man, it just there's a sense of speed like that you get with it that the closest that I think has come to it in uh, recent years is are the Horizon games. Even the but, Horizon games don't feel that But they fast. still feel and they still feel more grounded in reality, you know, and, sure. and burnout you real just, cars and all that stuff, but yeah, burnout yeah. is crazy. Man, it's it's been fun going back and playing playing this game. And I'm playing it on PS4 and I think it's probably the best racing game PlayStation. Right. What now. about Drive Club? <laughs> right. Um, but I mean, I, I love the Horizon games. I think they're probably the best things on Xbox One. But for for PlayStation, which is kind of my main console right now, it is it is very nice to have a racing game that I am satisfied with. Again, I, I think it has shown some rust in some spots. Um, I mean, yeah, there's been you know, quality of life stuff that has been added to other racing games. Like I think the ability to like having to drive everywhere. If you have a, a race that puts you all the way on the other side of the map and there isn't really an event near you is somewhat of an inconvenience, but yeah, at the same I mean, time... Horizon has a little bit of that, too. There, You can pay to fast travel in, in yeah. that game, and I think eventually you get it so you don't have to pay to fast travel anymore. But still, that, that stuff's in there, and that's fine because that's getting used to the world. It is, yeah. it is a much smaller world, though, when you think about it in comparison to something like Forza Horizon 3. It's... It's tiny by comparison. It still feels like a nice city, uh, but but yeah, there are just some things that feel a little old mechanically. I think the camera, uh, especially when you're reversing, anytime that I try to reverse, it's a slow camera shift around your car, and it takes you a long time to get going when you're doing reverse. And that's not something you're doing a lot, but when you do have to do it in a game that feels so fast otherwise, it it really throws me off my game. Uh, and then just speaking of general slowness, where anytime you need to go change a car at the junkyard, that mm-hmm. is, it is painful how long it takes to load in those cars and to, to drop those cars as, as the junk heap things as you're trying to pick through this menu of which car you want. It is just excruciatingly long. For, for a burnout game that is all about pick up and play, immediacy, speed, speed, speed. So when you're actually getting yeah. into races and things like that, all that's fine. I, I still like the the going up to any uh, cross street and and doing your uh, R2, L2 to, to start any sort of event. All that stuff's fun. But, man, there are just a couple things that I'm not quite jiving with anymore. And, and I... If I like the drifting as much in this game as I remembered liking it, um, I think it's all right. It's it's fine. It's just gets the job done. I think uh, so. Criterion after Burnout Paradise, I think it was their next game. Uh, Criterion changed a little bit, but then they ended up uh, making the next Need for Speed game, which was Need for Speed Hot Pursuit on the the 360, which is not really a remake, but it's taking an old name of, of Need for Speed or an old sub-name of it with the Hot Pursuit stuff and, and made kind of a new re reimagining, I guess, of, of that franchise. And I absolutely love that game. I think that is probably my favorite racing game of the time. The, the drifting, I think, they took 
kind of what they had in Paradise and made it just perfect in, mm-hmm. in that one. It had the real cars in it. It had some not as good a damage as Paradise because they are using real cars that don't want to get messed up that badly, but still looked really nice. And then they also added the cops back in to, to that franchise. And God, that's such a great racing game. That That's one I would love to see them remake, but uh, I'm sure. I mean, anything's possible. But this, you know, yeah. if Mark of the Ninja can come to the Switch, anything yeah. can be as possible. I mean, they, they've been so off the mark with the past couple Need for Speed games. You know, yeah. maybe maybe it's time to go back to the well and uh, put out one that people actually enjoy. Right. Uh, um, yeah, I've, it's, I'm so it's so sad about Need for Speed. That used yeah, to be such a great franchise. EA is the killer of all things good. <sighs> as it turns seems, out. It certainly seems like that. Uh, okay, so you've been playing Fire Emblem, you've been playing Burnout, you've been playing yeah. Turner World. Yeah. Sounds good. Anything yeah. else? Uh, I started New Game Plus in Dark Souls 3. So, no. Okay, uh, so what I've been <laughs> playing... Uh, no, that that's fine. It's Dark Souls is... Are you... I guess you're excited about Dark Souls coming to Switch, right? Uh, so I, I did order the Solaire Amiibo, which okay. will be my, my sure. first Amiibo I ever own. Uh, but I don't think I'm going to buy it on the Switch. Mm. Okay. Probably going to get it on my Xbox or my PS4. Um... And the reason I started New Game Plus is because uh, I purchased the version of the game that includes all the DLC because it was like twenty bucks. Um, so that's why. Okay. And the game is still hard, but in a lot of ways, I still I still got it. But uh, I won't I won't bore you with the details. All right. Well, I will but, say uh, that I at least downloaded Bloodborne. Because it was free on PS Plus last month, this month I don't. Remember. This month, yeah, that and Ratchet and Clank, so which still... I need to download Ratchet and Clank. I've so also you... been playing some Bloodborne. Okay, so good, good. just FromSoft all the time. <laughs> so people can still go out and download that, and but it is free yeah. at the moment. So, so yeah. kind of no reason. Those are not good to. through the end of this month. And then I don't know if I ever mentioned it, but I ended up buying a very cheap copy of Neo. I did you start I, it? No, God, no. Um, but I have it, and I, eventually I will start it. Uh, oh, okay. So speaking of cheap copies of games, uh-huh. uh, I was in a, a pinch, and last year I ended up trading in my copy of Awakening. And dumb, dumb. It was a bad decision. <laughs> uh, but I found a copy on eBay for five dollars. Wow, that is a good in, deal. In the case. What? Yeah. That's nuts. I thought it was a scam at first. And then next day they got the tracking label and, you know, I was like, well, if this is a scam, it's only five bucks and PayPal will refund me my money. Um, But no, it showed up a few days later. Wow. And uh, yeah, it's looks like brand new. That's that's pretty impressive because that game does. Oh, it seems. No, it goes for if not at least thirty dollars on eBay. Yeah, that's with a with a with a. Yeah, with a case, it usually is like forty. Still worth it, but that, that yeah, that's that's crazy that that game. Is, I also picked up Chrono Trigger for the DS. Okay, that's that's a decent for version of Chrono Trigger. That's the one fourteen dollars. I, I think it's better than playing the PC ports that have have come out recently that are just the same as the mobile ports that aren't very yeah. good. Yeah, I know Bobby's. Uh, I don't know if he's actually gone back and played those. I know he got the. 
the updated port. He seems to be okay with it, but he also doesn't know well, what current trigger could be. And he's also an Apple fan. So that that's yeah. That's... <laughs> uh, well, I've what about you? a couple things. Um, I've, uh, I mean, we mentioned fire emblem and, and burnout for me as well, but uh, I've been playing more of the final fantasy 15 pocket edition. I, I had gotten through I saw that. the first chapter, the first free chapter, and then I I liked it a lot. Uh, it was a little buggy. Uh, it crashed a decent amount, like more than it should, more than I, more than is really acceptable. And uh, <laughs> one of the weird bugs is that occasionally it'll it'll switch a line of dialogue to another uh, <laughs> another language and then snap right back into English. Oh, that's fun. Uh, it is kind of fun. It <laughs> is the, are the subtitles still in the right language? Yeah, yeah. Subtitles are always fine, but it's it is kind of weird that occasionally it'll just go to Italian or German and snap back to English right after that. It's it's very odd. Um. So yeah, I, I decided to, to purchase the whole season of it, which is the the rest of the nine chapters that come along with it. So to make ten total. And uh, I played through the whole second chapter over the weekend. It's the chapters aren't very long at all. You probably get through each chapter, or at least the first two chapters. Uh, each of them take maybe an hour and a half, maybe maybe shorter than that. But they're they're nice. They're I'm I think I am to the point that I was in uh, the main game now. The end of chapter so you're two make is it- kind of. Where, farther than you ever did before yeah totally and i'm i'm enjoying it i i think it's fun the the dialogue is is the same as the as from the original game the, they've actually taken those voice lines and they're in here it all sounds very good i like the art i think the the kind of simplified art has a nice look to it as a as a person who likes the bravely default art style this is in that vein it's not exactly the same but it's in that vein and and it just feels like a a more simplified, accessible way to play Final Fantasy Fifteen. Those mechanics are still there. It's just just diluted a little bit. Yeah, just a little simpler uh, to to control. And but I'm I'm enjoying it a lot, and I'm gonna I think I'm gonna get through it eventually. Uh, but it's nice to kind of just pick up a chapter and and get it done every once in a while. And it's kind of gotten me interested in maybe going back and playing the full game at some point. That man, I'm really sad I didn't get farther in that game. I think you probably would enjoy it more now, now that you are such a Monster Hunter fan, that a lot of the side quests in that game are about kind of doing more of a Monster Hunter style thing, where you're going out Mm -hmm. and you're taking hunting missions. Yeah, I I made it to that point in the game, Uh, where you go out and hunt monsters. Right, I I did my, my first hunt, and... And it was fine, but I, I wasn't at that point. I was a little getting a little disillusioned with the game and wasn't loving the combat. And I mean, at that point, I was that game was still relatively new when we were playing it. And, and I was hearing those stories about how there's missing chapters or there's or there's right. story stuff. Yeah, that, that wasn't okay. quite in there. That was why I stopped playing, because I was going to wait same here. for that patch. And then I never went back to yeah, it. Same here. <laughs> But uh, I think I think now that I'm, I'm playing through Pocket Edition and enjoying it, I, I probably will end up going back to the main game and, and playing playing that too because I, I think 
there's something to Final Fantasy 15 and and I want I th- to engage. Yeah. I mean, I don't think they would put as much time and money and effort after releasing the uh the main game. Yeah. If if there wasn't something there that people, you know, responded to. Totally. And and I like this idea a lot, this pocket edition style of, of these games. And I'd love to see Square continue on and do other pocket editions of other Final Fantasy games. Have have they said how it's performing? I don't like, know. No idea. Okay, because I'm, I'm really curious, because I assume if it does well, they would do this with other versions of of their games. I would think. I mean, I, like I know that... Pocket Seven's... Rise of the Tomb Raider. <laughs> <laughs> Well, I hope not that, but I would I would like at least other Final Fantasies. Like I, Seven's probably not going to happen anytime soon since they're already doing it. But, uh, That's never going to see the light of day. Yeah. Hmm. Oh, I bet it'll make the make the light of day at some point. But I could see like yeah. a, I guess not twelve either, since they just put twelve out. But uh, Zodiac Age out. Ten. Uh, Ten's uh, one a lot of people like. Ten, yeah, sure. Ten would be interesting. Uh, I think thirteen is probably a good one for this this style too. Like that game, probably. Like I know a lot of people have issues with that game. At least like this guy. Of, yeah, I I ended up purchasing a copy much later and still haven't played it yet. But uh, uh, you know, if unless you want to spend like thirty hours getting to a point where the game is. Yeah, that man, I was so disappointed with that game when it came out. But uh, again, it's it's a game kind of like Final Fantasy 15. It intrigues me enough that I'd like to engage with it more. And I think if you did a pocket edition of it that simplifies some things and makes it a little linea- more linear and more straightforward, I think I'd probably actually enjoy that a lot. Now I can just get the story of Final Fantasy 13 and play a nice You want them to make Final Fantasy 13 more linear? <laughs> uh I suppose that I do. Yeah. Like I it's I don't know, it's kind of nice. Uh, I'm I'm enjoying my time with 15 uh 15 pocket edition. I, I downloaded it, but I, I haven't opened it yet. That's cool. I mean it, the the first chapter is free, so I I can see no reason for people not to download it and and give it a shot and see how they feel about it. But it's it's pretty cool. Um, and then also, we don't have to talk about this very long, but I did uh, dip my toe into the world of Warcraft. Yeah. Oh, man, we were talking about this the other day. <laughs> so I got really excited. So my friend uh, who has not been on the show before, but I think he will show up at some point. Casually. His name's Pierce Corshane. Actually, his birthday tomorrow. Good, uh, happy Hi, birthday, Pierce. Pierce. Happy birthday. Um, but... He plays some some games with his friends. He's kind of a PC gamer mostly, and we don't play games that often. We talk a lot. We talk a lot about games, but we rarely ever get to play. He lives in New York, so it's not like a couch co-op thing. We're looking for someone to kind of play online. He doesn't like Destiny. I totally get it. <laughs> um, so we've been kind of searching for something that might work out, and he's been playing World of Warcraft with his friends. I know that World of Warcraft at this point is a game that can work on my MacBook Pro, no problem. And that thing will run on a toaster, man. Right, and and also like that game, I know it's free up to level twenty. So hey, I can I can just download it and give it a shot and see how I feel. Um, I have another friend, one of my friends from high school, uh, who played WoW a ton in, back in the day, and he actually was re- recently replaying it to to play a little bit with 
brother. And I thought, hey, you know how it would be so cool if we could get the three of us together and, and be able to play this this game that I've actually never played. I've I've played put in maybe an hour in high school when I went over to a friend's place and not the same friend, but different friend um, and and played an uh, undead rogue for about an hour. Oh, yeah. And I was very angry that there was no collision. So when I was when I, when I was trying to do backstabs, I was trying to go around the enemy and my friend was like, just go through them. I was like, what are you talking about? No, you can just walk through them and then do the backstab <laughs> easier. That's stupid. <laughs> like, why? Why? What? That doesn't make any goddamn sense. And I hated it, and I stopped. Um, I I kind of have always known that I would like World of Warcraft if I really gave it a shot, because I I like big RPGs where I can build my character and and kind of feel this sense of ownership over something like that over a long period of time, like the way I play Pokemon or. Final Fantasy games or Golden Sun or all that stuff. Yeah. And uh, so like having having it to be free at this point, I thought, OK, I'll, I'll have two people who are veterans who can kind of teach me, go through the paces of it and uh, and we'll see what happens. So I have a level five night elf hunter at the moment. OK, um, respectable. And, and we're going to see we're going to see what happens. They. Both of these guys already had characters on the Alliance side on the same server, weirdly enough. So I just hopped onto that same server, too. Uh, we'll we'll see how it goes. All I've done is play by myself at the moment and just kind of get uh, get handle on the ropes of knowing what to do and being focus in the correct way for my hunter. And so we'll see. Still very early, but it seems like a lot I'm of excited to hear more. Seems like a lot of fetch quests. Oh yeah, which is fine. Yep. Like that's that's. Hey, what I need these is. twenty wolf pelts. Totally, totally. Um, but it's it's been okay so far. Um, I have only played it with my trackpad, which is not the way to play that game. No, you should get a mouse. Man. Uh, I've I've got a mouse. I'm going to bring the one home from work uh, when I decide I'm going to play World of Warcraft. So I'll bring my uh, keyboard and mouse from work and and kind of have those where I can set it up to play it a little bit. So far. It's been it's been kind of cool. Good. I'm glad you're enjoying your experience yeah. with World of Warcraft. All right. Let's move on to some news, if that is okay with you. Yeah. I know we usually do don't do, do a news segment on, on the casual hour, but we just did one for a Nintendo Direct. We killed the news segment. That was extremely A long time ago. We did. We did kill it. <laughs> um, but we brought back news, I think it was last week, to talk about the Nintendo Direct that Nintendo had. Yeah. Mm -hmm. that I was obviously very sad about from the lack of Fire Emblem news. We did get some Smash Brothers news, which is fun, and some other game announcements that we talked about last week, if you want to hear more about that. Uh, but this week was kind of a surprise Nintendo Direct. It was a Nindies Direct. With Nintendo Indie Game. I think this show... independent developers. I, if you look at the, the list of games here and, and some of the stuff that's on here, it might have been the better direct. Like it's, I mean, there's nothing on here that is Smash Brothers, but right. there's some good stuff in here. Some really nice, cool ports, uh, some fun looking new games. I'm, this direct got me way more excited about the future of the Switch than last week's direct. I didn't actually watch the video. Um, for the, for the Nindies thing? 
No, I was going to, and then I just kind of ran out of time. That's fine. Um, I mean, it, it's pretty long. It's 11 whole minutes. It's, oh, God. It's, it's a lot. Um, well, I can run down everything here. The, the weird thing to me is they didn't have any release dates for any of this. They only had windows. It was only seasonal windows for everything. Um, anything this year? Yeah, oh, well, everything's this year. It's just oh, wow. they're all seasonal. Uh, so the first thing they showed is actually the thing that will come out, I think, the last, uh, based on all the, the quadrants they're giving here. Um, and that is the Mark of the Ninja remastered, like we talked about. They led with that coming out fall of 2018 for the Switch. Uh, like I said, super excited. Uh, remastered makes me think there's going to be some maybe some extra stuff in that game. Maybe maybe day one purchase for you. Absolutely. Total day one purchase. I loved this game so much uh, on on the 360 and I can't wait to play it again. I've thought about playing it again for a long time. I actually it's because of the published by Microsoft thing. I thought it would be a backwards compatible Xbox one game at some point. And so far, no, I don't believe it has ever made it to that. And that's baffling to me. But uh, really cool to see that game's coming back. So day one purchase for me, absolutely. The next thing they showed is a fighting game called Fantasy Strike that looked uh, looked kind of interesting. They The way they were pitching it was that uh, it's got really easy inputs. So the idea is that you're going to be able to do special moves quite easily. And it's a game really about strategy than it is about execution and that's one of the things i hate about fighting games is that i feel like i'm terrible on the execution front and yeah same here like that's that's kind of cool none of the characters that they showed really appealed to me like there's a girl who uses kind of rainbow paint as as her stuff there's a guy who does some like time manipulation stuff uh it, it seems interesting but we'll we'll see but it, it seemed kind of okay uh that's coming out in summer uh, also in summer is a game called Just Shapes and Beats, which I believe we've seen some trailers of before, or at least I have. Uh, it's kind of a minimalist art style. Got some chiptune artists doing the doing the for it. Seems kind of like a not quite bullet hell, but like maybe a lot of reflexive uh, kind of gameplay. Seemed kind of cool. It's got a, it's got a really nice art style to it. Um, we don't need to go over all these things. There's a game called Garage that's coming out in spring that's kind of like a top-down... Kind of like a Hotline Miami, except... with Twin a, Stick? Yeah, I think so. That's what, it, that's what it appears to be, anyway. It's got a okay. much grittier look to it, though. Uh, it's supposedly pretty dark. Like One of the things they said in the Nindies Direct was, hey, there's stuff in here we can't even show you on this on this stream. I'm like, oh, that's oh, wow. interesting. <laughs> Okay. <laughs> um, Adult Swim Games is coming out with a game called Pool Panic. It's coming out sometime in 2018 that looks really cool. Uh, it is kind of like a platformer-ish kind of adventure kind of game. And you're a cue ball. Or there's a cue ball and you are the person hitting the cue ball to, to make him do all sorts of different things. You've got to knock out all these pool balls that are uh, in different costumes and have to eventually get to the eight ball and sink him into the into a pocket. That's kind okay, of in these cool. stages. It, it just seems kind of weird and, and interesting. Um, let's see. Uh, another big one here was Luminous Remastered. That's coming out in spring. Uh, if you're a Luminous fan, 
which I've never been a Luminous fan. I like puzzle games and just Luminous. I never played that game for me. Uh, I was always so Luminous came out around the same time that Meteos did for the DS. So it was Luminous on the PSP and Meteos on the DS. And I was way more into Meteos. But uh, I've played a little bit of Luminous. Uh, in some of its different incarnations. And it's it's a fun puzzle game. I know people are really excited about it. And hey, it's getting a Switch version. So Luminous Remastered this spring. Um, I don't... Have, did you ever play Reigns? I know Bobby was a big fan of it. The, yeah, the yeah I played both of them. Yeah. Reigns and Reigns, Her Majesty. So they're kind of coming out with a double pack for the Switch. That is, oh, that's cool. Uh, I think it's called Reigns Kings and Queens. And that's uh, that comes out in spring, and it has both of those games in it. That'll be interesting to see how it controls. I, obviously, I think you'll be able to use the touchscreen if you have it in handheld mode. But what's right it and left like? shoulder buttons? That could be. I could see that happening. Um, but that'll be that'll be interesting. They're going to make you flick the Joy-Con left to right. <laughs> you know what? That's that's not a terrible way of doing it. Like I, if I was a king, I would want to flip my wrist like that to to make decisions. <laughs> Um, let's see here. There was a kind of a, a neat, uh, meat boy looking platformer called Lightfall that's coming out this spring. Uh, West of Loathing is getting a port, uh, to switch this spring. I believe that's out on PC right now. Uh, I played a little bit of that game at PAX West last year. Uh, what do you think? I think it was in the PAX 10. It's, it's interesting. It's, it's funny. It's different. Uh, it's kind of got this black and white, stick stick figure drawing art style and it does a lot of kind of subversive things and it it seems like a kind of cool game and i think they said it's a console exclusive on switch which interesting on the pc but uh that's that's pretty neat um there was a game called the messenger which i think has been shown before this was the first time for me seeing it uh it's kind of like a got kind of a ninja gaiden look where you are like an nes ninja gaiden look where it's mm-hmm. an eight foot eight bit ninja platformer but then apparently you're able to switch things into a 16-bit perspective uh at different times so you're able to like shift between those two modes and i'm not exactly sure why you would do that from the trailers that they showed but it is cool at least from a nostalgia thing of we're not just doing one pixel art style. We're doing two different pixel art styles, and maybe that gives it a new kind of an edge to it. Um, probably the game that I was most excited about, non-Mark of the Ninja category, is called Bad North that's coming out this summer. It is the, They build it as a RTS roguelite game. And it looks like this very minimalistic, you're on a little island, there are Vikings that are constantly attacking this island, and you have to kind of micromanage this small army that you you have on the island, and you have different kind of powers, like archers or pikemen or something like that. But they're all all pretty small, and it it just looks, it it looks like a little diorama thing, and it looks pretty cute, and uh, also just kind of strategic and i think that sounds fun apparently the different commanders all have different um kind of stat roles that's where the roguelike stuff comes in or lose your commander you have to start all over again but get a new set with with 
potentially new skills. So that one I'm very excited interesting. Yeah. to see more about. And then while I was a little disappointed again uh, in this direct, because I was assuming Wargroove would probably show up here at some point. Wargroove is the kind of Advance Wars slash Fire Emblem style looking game that has been teased and shown that it's going to come out for Switch. Uh, I think it got announced over a year ago. I think it got announced like last February. Yeah, February it's, been a, it's been a minute. It's been a long time. And like that's a game that needs to come out before Fire Emblem does because I think Fire Emblem will just end up eating its lunch. It needs to, yep. needs to show up. Um, you need to hurry up, guys. And and I thought this would have been the place to to say, yep, it's got a release date. It's actually coming out. And we didn't hear anything. It's been said that it's like there's dueling release date stuff. A lot of people, a lot of places have shown that it's Q1 2018, which is rapidly ending. <laughs> and yeah, then uh, we're almost Q2. Other places I've seen have have said just at 2018 at some point. Man, I want to I want to see that game that everything they've shown of Wargroove looks cool and I would like to give it a shot. This needs to come out, man. Um, but so uh, we didn't get any Wargroove stuff, but I did get my turn based strategy uh, itch scratched. And that was by the Banner Saga. Specifically, oh. the Banner Saga three got announced coming to switch. So there really? is a okay. third Banner Saga. It's coming to switch this summer. And what are you going to do if you're a Switch owner and you haven't played the first two games? Well, you're in luck because they're bringing the first two games to Switch as well. So you'll have the entire Banner Saga series that you can play, play that story from beginning to end, and it will all kind of carry over its Fire Emblem slash Oregon Trail style uh, of game. Like I, I played... The I played first, a little bit of the second one. I played a decent amount of the first game on my iPad and liked it it's it's a punishing game it's it's not a game that you are kind of supposed to feel good about at the end it's kind of it's more about a game of survival rather than about domination and it's it's rough but uh, i'm i'm very excited to to play through the entire series now that it'll be on switch i think switch is a fantastic platform for that the Exciting, exciting when games get not just ports, but new stuff too. Like the like the Bayonetta three. Hey, you also get Bayonetta one and two. Yeah, this totally. is this is what I want to see more of from the Switch of not only the great ports that we're all kind of looking forward to, but also but here's something new exactly, and and that's the way that I think they need to keep doing it. Those games are pretty. Uh, so that was it for the direct. But that's not the end of the Switch news that came out today. There, Because there's no. more great Switch news. Uh, recently, Game Maker uh, has been kind of uh, allowed to work on Switch. They've, they've done some work to make Game Maker games easier to make Switch ports of. So that means we can get a whole suite of, of new games coming to the Switch that previously they didn't oh, cool. think were able to. Uh, Undertale is one of those games when it was shown at the Nintendo Direct last week. Uh, that's a Game Maker game. It's coming eventually. It's not like an immediate snap your fingers and it's done. But it's possible now, so now it's happening. Uh, and we heard about three three other games that are getting ports to the Switch that 
seem pretty cool. One of those is Nidhogg 2, which, cool. Uh, I love the original Nidhogg. Nidhogg 2 is is kind of a, a building on top of it, and it is, is also very cool. Uh, one of those games is Hyperlight Drifter, which I'm super jazzed about. Uh, I, I love that game. I haven't played either one of those games, man. I kickstarted Hyperlight Drifter, and I said that I wanted my copy to be for the Vita, because that's the time, the time and place we were in. And at some point, uh, studio called, it's not like Pixel Heart, it's something heart. Uh, they said, hey, sorry, it's not going to work for, for Vita anymore. And they canceled the Vita version, so I ended up getting a PS4 version instead. Uh, and I played a decent amount of that game, and I like that game a lot, but uh, I never finished it. And now that it's on Switch, or now that it's coming to Switch, I think that's, that's how I can get through that game. So very excited about that. And then one last one that's exciting for us specifically um, is Crashlands. And Crashlands is made right here in the city of St. Louis. That's right. Yeah, by uh, by Butterscotch Shenanigans. Uh, so that game is currently out on iOS devices. And I think it has a PC and Mac version too. It might be on Steam or something. I'm not. I've seen it in the Mac App Store. Okay. Um, but now it's coming to Switch, and that game kind of feels like a Don't Starve, except not as punishing. Like not, it takes away a lot of the survival stuff, and it's more kind of like a, um, like a Minecrafty kind of building some stuff. But it, it's got elements of both of those games, and I think it's pretty cool. When I played it, and I think Switch will be a, a nice home. So all good things. Lots of really cool news for the Switch. Lots of smaller games that really make you feel like this thing is. Is here to stay. Like it's not just the big Nintendo tentpole releases and nothing else. It's this no is lots and lots of third-party support. Totally. So very exciting stuff. Johnny, would yes. you like to talk? Oh, I guess before we before we move into our topic of the day, um, there was one other. Not really. I mean, it's news. It's just not anything really new. Uh, as they were talking about all this Nindy stuff, they uh, Nintendo also showed off what the 10 best-selling Nintendo indie games or Switch indie games to date were. And I thought there were some interesting ones here, so I thought I'd run down this list and then ask you uh, about them. So uh, they didn't have any sort of numbers attached to these. They didn't say which is any sort of rankings to show which is sold the most, but it's just these 10 are the top 10. And those are, again, in no particular order, Celeste, Enter the Gungeon, Mm -hmm. Fast RMX, Golf Story, Kamiko, NBA Playgrounds, Overcooked Special Edition, Shovel Knight Treasure Trove, Stardew Valley, and SteamWorld Dig 2. Johnny, how many of those games do you own? Uh, Celeste, SteamWorld Dig 2, Stardew Valley, Golf Story. I own Shovel Knight on my 3DS, so I didn't buy it right. on the Switch. Okay, so you got five. Um, mm-hmm. I have six on my Switch, and then I also own... Into the Gungeon on my PS4, uh, so I didn't get that version. Yeah, I have I have Celeste, Golf Story, Kamiko, which I did not like Kamiko very much, but it was extremely cheap. I think it was only a couple bucks. Yeah, it was like three dollars, I think. NBA Playgrounds, which is not as good as it should be. Um, Shovel Knight Treasure Trove, which I have not played yet. Stardew Valley, which I have not played yet, <laughs> and SteamWorld Dig Two, an excellent game. Um, 
but yeah, that's cool. I think all of these games are pretty deserving. I can't think of anything in the indie space that I would necessarily want that I necessarily feel is like getting shafted here. I think these are the right games uh, to go in this list. So that's cool. It's super cool for me to see Golf Story, uh, knowing that that's the developer's first ever. Yeah, I mean, it was in the top. Like I go in and check the store every so often and just look at the top selling games and it's usually in that list. And I, I really love that game. I'd love to see that developer either make more golf story or to go to another sport or, or just to make another game. Cause I think they, they understand curling story. Game. You know what? Not a bad idea. <laughs> um, all right. So let us, let us move on to our topic of the day. And because we were talking about golf and curling, uh, let's yeah. just make that easy transition because we're talking about sports sports johnny we are such yeah we are such bros who love dude who love the sports all about it bro big sports fans you you took a honeymoon just to see sports i is exactly that's the only reason i got married because <laughs> i'd have an excuse to go over right uh over there yeah yeah so you did you did go to england you watched a, a did. soccer match uh, a game of the footy as they say yeah i, I went to uh liverpool uh let's i'm a big liverpool football club fan for anyone listening uh and i saw them play against newcastle united and they won which was great for me because i was a re- so they're they're having a really good season mm-hmm. they haven't lost a game in a while but i was really nervous that you were going to be the jinx I, yeah i'd be there at the time that they they did lose um but no, they won, and it was an amazing experience. And I really want to go back there someday again. <laughs> you're you're um, wearing your Liverpool shirt right now. This is actually one Misty got for me for Christmas. Such a fan, such a fan. Um, I I think I spent like two hundred dollars in the the store over there, just on clothing. Which, but how many pounds? One hundred and fifty pounds. Probably. I don't care. That's that was just. Yeah. Um, and I'm over here wearing my Mizzou baseball sweatshirt, so like I'm I'm also sports exactly. out right now. Uh, sports are very hot right now. It's, yeah. it's the NCAA tournament, which is super exciting. Check out our our new podcast, All Sports Out. Oh, man, it's, I would I'd be on that podcast. I like sports. <laughs> I know I know yeah. like these video game guys like we're supposed to not like sports or something, but um, I I'm a big fan of sports. I played sports in high school, uh, baseball being yeah. my main one. Um, it's always soccer for me. I can understand that. Um, um, played baseball, basketball through, I played up until eighth grade basketball and then baseball. I just, my team was really terrible. <laughs> uh, we got beat by girls, uh, and T-ball, which was really humiliating. Nice. nice. But and I finally just quit. The point is yeah. we're athletes. <laughs> yeah, exactly and as athletes we we enjoy uh, a good sport and we enjoy a sp- good sports video game and i pff, sports video games have a checkered history i think there are uh, a number of very bad sports games out there and oh yeah we'll find them lining the bargain bins of tons of reselling game stores uh but there are also ones out there that i think have have kind of transcended and, and been really good. And I wanted us to be able to talk about those, those games. 
uh, while we're in such a sports happy environment. We've, like I said, we got the NCAA tournament happening right now, so that's very big. We have kind of the end of the hockey season coming up and, and getting to playoffs for that, so that's exciting for people who aren't in St. Louis and have a shitty team playing for them. Um, and then also like baseball season's about to start. It's, it's only a couple of weeks until, until that's here. And that's super, I think less than a couple of weeks. It's, it's coming up really quickly. I think the 29th is, is opening day for baseball. So oh, shit. lots of sports <laughs> stuff happening and it's just exciting. So let's talk about some sports video games. Let's go. So we're talking about our favorite sports video games here. And Johnny, I would like for you to start. Tell me about one of your favorite sports video games. And to, to just kind of put out some ground rules that we made for each other, uh, we're not including any racing games. I feel like that's a whole topic on its own, uh, one that we've kind of already talked about earlier in the right. show when we were talking about burnout and need for speed. Um, and then we also didn't include any extreme sports games. Those are also really cool, but I felt like I could make an entire list of extreme sports games that I like a ton, yeah. and I didn't want this list to just be Tony Hawk 1, 2, Three, four, underground, and so on and so on. Um, it, well, actually, after that, it kind of goes down. Uh, <laughs> hey, but, uh, let, let Tony us, Hawk goes downhill, huh? Uh, Tony Hawk downhill jam. Yes, yeah. <laughs> literally does go downhill. Uh, so we're going to talk about real main sports here uh, with our game choices here. So, Johnny, tell me this real sports video game that you love. Uh. <laughs> So I put down uh, a lot of the ones I like are more uh, arcadey, cartoony a little bit. Yes. Uh, the first one I wrote down was Super Mario Strikers. The realist of soccer simulations. Which, man, the, the first one came out on GameCube. Mm -hmm. And then there was either a second one on GameCube or it came out on the Wii. I don't remember. I think Strikers Charged came, still came out on the GameCube. Now, uh, let me look that up while you tell me about the first Mario Strikers. Uh, that was, uh, I don't remember. I think I was at a Slackers or something, and I saw this game, and I didn't know what the hell it was, and I ended up just picking it up on a whim, and I brought it back, and I fired it up, and it was actually a lot of fun. Uh, did you ever play that game? I didn't. Um, actually, Charged is a Wii game, but, um, but yeah, you're right. Uh, the original one was a game. Um, no, I never played them. I I don't love soccer. Uh, certainly, I don't love soccer as much as you do. I think the only soccer video games I've really played, uh, I played Goal for the NES. <laughs> okay. Which, not not the best. And then I think I played some Mega Man soccer on the Super. There's a Mega Man soccer game? There's absolutely a Mega Man soccer game. Oh my god. <laughs> Wow. Um, but tell tell me more about about this uh this Mario Strikers because I know that it it kind of has I mean it all come kind of comes from the Mario Tennis and Mario Golf yeah lineage of like it is it is the sports game but it gets a little bit crazier. Yeah, so you have your uh your captain which would be like Mario, Luigi, Peach, Waluigi. Uh, and then you have uh, Toads or Koopas as the other players on your team. And there, uh, I think it's four. So instead of 11 v 11, it's, I think it's five, six v six, including the goalkeeper. Um, but you have your, your captain and you have the other characters that you control. And you want to try and get it to the captain, like Mario, because 
they have a special strike they can use. If you hold down B, you charge up your shot, and it's almost guaranteed to go in, and it's also worth two points. <laughs> sure. Yeah. Just I mean, like real soccer. Exactly. <laughs> um, and it became, for a while there, uh, it was a game that my friends and I played like almost as much as we were playing uh, Melee. We got way into it. And the second game came out, and it just it was not very good. <laughs> and I was sad, because I was hoping that would be a series that they would continue putting out. I still hold out hope that maybe one day they'll make another Mario Strikers. Yeah, I don't know if it was include, included in the like Mario Sports Mega Mix or something like that that they put out recently uh, that had a bunch of different sports games that all had Mario stuff in it. I can't remember if soccer was included in that or not. Uh, did that come out on? What did that come out on? Uh, you? I think maybe. Okay. I I didn't play that either, but uh, yeah, I guess those were the times. I think that was the tail end of when Mario sports games were really good. I think they've, they've kind of lost their way a little bit. Uh, Sounds like with the announcement of Mario Tennis Aces that maybe it's coming back on track a little bit, hopefully. Yeah, we'll see. But man, I was, I guess just moving into to one of mine, since we're already on the topic of Mario sports games, Mario Golf and Mario Tennis, uh, the original ones for Game Boy Color and the Nintendo 64. Those, I just love all four of them. I never owned those games myself, but I did play quite a bit of them at uh, friends and, and relatives' houses. They're like the the Game Boy Color games are each both pretty solid RPGs, and they inc- they bring in new characters, and you go to these academies and learn how to play tennis or learn how to play golf, and you get uh, for tennis you actually get a partner that you that you play with if you want to play doubles, and take on all these different challenges and it, it tells a thin but nice little story and you just kind of raise up the ranks and then you get to the to the finals and then you start playing the nintendo characters. those are kind of like your final battles and you can also just play as the nintendo characters in uh, exhibition matches but the cool thing with the rpg stuff is that when when you're playing you were building up levels and stats and you would uh, adjust your stats when you when you gained your levels and you could actually import that character into the nintendo 64 versions of those games oh, using cool. the transfer pack which is something that not many games did i think it was those those two games the all the the pokemon stadiums obviously that it that the transfer pack came with um and then i think there might have been like a like a Mickey racing game that also <laughs> used the transfer pack. It, it wasn't that, it wasn't that many. Maybe, maybe perfect dark did something. I know there was a perfect dark game boy color game I think that might've had some functionality. Not many games though. Uh, but these I think were the best uses of it outside of Pokemon, obviously. Uh, but yeah, you could import your character and they would have the same stats that they did the same kind of, uh, tendencies that they did so in in the mario tennis game on uh, nintendo 64 each character would kind of be into a different class so waluigi would be a technique uh, player mario would be an all-around bowser would be a power and depending on the stat role that you had made for for your game boy color character 
he would come in with a different set of different levels of power or different ways that he could be. He could be any kind of player he wanted to based on his stats. Uh, or she, because you could also choose uh, to play as a girl in those games. So I just, I found them to be super fun. The golf game is is also fantastic. And also all the things I said about the tennis game are true about the golf game. Uh, it's fantastic. They're, they're just super fantastic games. And uh, like we talked about with Golf Story, which is another game on my list here, uh, like that just kind of harkens back to that Game Boy Color and uh, mostly the Game Boy Color one that was top down with the golf stuff. But just the course designs, it all just felt so good. I think you had the right amount of information in in a golf game with that game. And Mm -hmm. even though Golf Story takes a little bit out of a little bit of that knowledge out uh, in terms of putting, I think specifically it it takes out a little bit of the uh, the uh, information that you get and it makes putting a little harder in Golf Story. They've still more or less nailed all those great mechanics that Mario Golf nailed so long ago. So I I love all five of those. It's both Mario Golfs, both Mario Tennises, and Golf Story. But after that, like when you got to the the Mario Tennis and Golf on the Game Boy Advance and the ones GameCube. on GameCube and further, uh, I just felt like they kind of lost their way a little bit. Just wasn't enjoying them as much anymore sad that is sad hopefully this new mario tennis is good i I will say uh mario golf world tour the the one on the 3ds is pretty good Uh, that one's pretty solid it it kind of tries to bring in some rpg elements i don't think it does it as well as the old games did but it is pretty and it has fun courses and and that game is also very good and it also has like an asymmetric multiplayer thing that's pretty good too like you can start a tournament play play a round and then it kind of saves your ghost data and anybody else who wants to enter that tournament can play their own round and see how they stack up on that. So you can keep That's playing cool. the different rounds or the different tournaments. You can play it as often as you want, to try to get the best score possible. And then when the time period ends, it says, okay, Hey, this was the person who got first, second, and third. So that was a neat feature. All right, I've taken up too much of the time, so I'm going to throw it back to you. Johnny, tell me about another sports game that you... You know, like the, the list is relatively short for me. Mm-hmm. Um, and a lot of these games are ones that I, I never actually owned myself, and they were just ones I played at friends and uh, other people's houses. But one that I think was super important, uh, probably for the both of us, uh, was Wii Sports. Mm-hmm. And... I remember getting my Wii and thinking how cool it was. I had a game in the box that I could play with other people. Um, and the games were fun. Like, the uh, the tennis was fun, the bowling. I'm trying to think. The boxing was all right. Yeah, ten- tennis, bowling, and golf, I think, were the, the standouts there. Like, that, that felt good, that had nuance to yeah. them. Uh, I think baseball was a little a little dodgy and then yeah boxing just kind of felt yeah uh, i spent way more time with that than i thought i would with a a packed in game with this new console um but it ended up being like one of the most played things on my wii uh and it was also you know it was just kind of a phenomenon 
It's it's one of the most important games that has ever been released. Yeah, like I remember in terms of sales, he's seeing sto- of, yeah, yeah seeing stories on the news of these people the in uh, senior living communities mm-hmm. that had Wii bowling tournaments and. Uh, Oh, excuse me. Yeah. Like when I went to go, uh, when I first got to St. Louis and was looking for an apartment, one of the places I went to took me up to kind of their, their uh, penthouse floor where it was kind of a shared space. And they said, Hey, uh, we have a wee room. I, I went, <laughs> you have what? <laughs> like, yeah, it's a room with a TV and a Wii in it. So you can come in and play Wii sports with, with other people. Oh, that's, weird because uh, it was it was very much at like the tail end of the Wii's life lifespan and like the Wii U mm-hmm. was about to come out or maybe had come out I'm thinking why what like, is this something that we still are a big fan or like, do we still care about hey, this but they spent a lot of money on that Wii room <laughs> um, so it's, yeah it really captured captured people's attention for for a long time I, I think I'm sure there are still people out there that will play tennis and bowling and just have a decent time with it. Like that's you, you had people who don't buy video games who bought that console for that game specifically. And that's all they needed. That's, that's really cool. Those, those games worked out and I know they did Wii sports resort though. The, uh, the, uh, the motion plus. Yeah. Yeah. I, I didn't play that. Uh, neither did I. Like those games didn't feel as as important. They they weren't the games that I was familiar with. It wasn't it wasn't tennis and and bowling and golf. It was sword fighting and uh, like uh, frisbee, and they they just didn't quite get it the same. I think tennis was still in there, uh, but everything else was kind of a little more out there, and it just. Like it was never going to recapture the the same moment that that the original. No, that was yeah, definitely some some lightning in that bottle they weren't able to to put back. Um, and these other ones I have written down here. I mean, these are all the ones I just remember playing when I was younger. Um, like uh, NHL '97, I used to play that one with my cousin a lot on the Sega Genesis. Uh, I I quarterback. I had quarterback club 98. I, I still don't know where I got that game from. Cause I certainly did not purchase it myself. Um, but I was, I was a big Packers fan when I was a kid and that one had Brett Favre on the cover. And I ended up playing a lot of that game just so I could go and play as Brett Favre. Sure. Also it had, uh, Kurt Warner when he was in the minors or the, whatever <laughs> league that is. Right. Uh, I forget what team he was on, but I was just looking through there and it was, that was after they had won the Super Bowl. And he was, you know, a big deal. And I, was, I always thought that was kind of funny. That is um, and then NBA Jam is the last one. That's a game I tried to go back to, or I played newer versions of it, and it's never been as good as what I remember it being when I was a kid. You're right. I Man, NBA Jam's a hard one for me. It's on the face of it, I love it. Like It's, it's got the crazy yeah. dunks in it. Uh, it's got the great... I bought a new scene. Sega Genesis with NBA Jam. <laughs> Not a new Sega Genesis, but I bought a used Sega... You sure. were at my house, uh-huh. and we played... It, yeah, Misty and I played it together, and it just... I mean, it's it, it's cool, but it's not... It's fun. It just... The thing it, I remember it being. 
it doesn't feel I don't feel like you can make plays as well in that. Like you, it's it's more like people just coming in and popping a shot, or uh, people driving right through and taking it to the hole. I, I never felt comfortable on defense uh, playing that game. And I just, yeah, it was just whoever got lucky and right was able and to steal of, the ball once and score more. Yeah, I think part of that's like the two-on-two nature of it. And I think that's why my favorite basketball games are NBA Street Volume 2 and NBA Street Home Court. Uh like those games are 3 on 3 and I think that really adds a dynamic that's that's important. Like now you can have somebody set a pick, you can have alley-oops happen that feel a little more natural. It, it gives you the same sense of basketball without having to be like a full five on five that that's right. maybe a little too crazy to deal with in a video game. I mean, there are, I know people seem to like the NBA 2K games and there are good basketball simulation games for sure. Uh, but the NBA street games, I feel like had enough of a balance between like a kind of strategic game of basketball when you're actually trying to kind of run plays and also just being totally ridiculous with dunks and, crazy three-pointers and also like you know how much i love rpgs those games have rpg systems in it where you are building a character and are and are leveling them up in different statistics while you play and that's it's very appealing to me (laughs) um i'm with you man oh fifa of course i know you're huge yeah played a lot of fifa over the last four or five years do you have a do you have a favorite one for any particular reason Hmm. You know, they all kind of run together. Yeah, totally. That, that uh, I, I would say 14, just because I was the first one I got into. Um, and I remember how stoked I was the first time I won an online match. Because it took a while. Sure. Because I was really bad at that game <laughs> when I started it. Um, and I think it was FIFA 15 or 16 I made it. So there's 10 divisions and online I made it all the way to Division 3 in 15 or 16. And then I quickly got relegated back down to like Division 6. But <laughs> um, that was cool. Very nice. That's neat. Because um, like I just don't play games competitively that much anymore. And, and sports games, I don't think I've ever played online. It doesn't sound fun to me at all. Uh, it, was, it got pretty tense. Because it's just I'm you sure. and one other person. Totally, yeah. I mean, that's that is sport at that point. Like, that's like not not even esports. That's just sport. Like that is that is the idea of it. Like people going against each other and and testing to see whose skills are better. I I get that. Um, let's see. Looking at some of my other games here, I kind of run through mine pretty quickly too. Uh, it seems like it's also on your list, but NFL Blitz. Like that's it was really good. Super, super arcadey football game. I've never enjoyed playing Madden. I tried. Uh, I can't remember which one. But it was it was a relatively recent one, sixteen or seventeen. And yep, I just I just couldn't. Didn't I didn't like it. I didn't like the way it played. It didn't feel right to me. It felt too complex and too simplistic all at the same time. And NFL Blitz, I think, kind of hit that that balance. Oh yeah. And, and it, did you play NHL hits? I didn't play NHL hits. I didn't play MLB Slugfest. Uh, like Blitz, Blitz was the only one of those uh, midway uh, sports games that I really, really got into. 
But like I, I remember so like when you're talking about playing QB club with Brett Favre, for me it was like going being at a bar when I was a kid, going up to the arcade machine of NFL Blitz and picking the Denver Broncos so I could be uh, John Elway because John Elway had the best throw power. So obviously I'm going to be John Elway because all I did as a obviously. kid was was just bomb it up every single time. I was a shitty Blitz player. I still am a shitty Blitz player. Uh, but I like Blitz is Blitz is super cool. It's it's had a couple of versions that were okay, but then yeah, it kind of. I mean, it went kinda away fizzled. when EA bought when EA bought, but when EA got the exclusive license to football and Blitz kind of tried to do some other things. They did like Blitz the League uh, that used some fake players and some legend contracts. I think that they they had gotten. I never played any of those games, but I I never heard glowing things about them. Um, and then I have Windjammers on here. I don't know if that one really fits. I, I know that's not really an extreme sport, but it doesn't feel I say like it a, counts. It doesn't feel like a main sport either. But I like Windjammers is cool. Um, I I got to play some of the most fun I had was playing that at PAX East here two years ago. I think it was last year. Uh, but like playing that against some friends on the show floor, having the Sony guy right there, like kind of cheering us on in kind of a patronizing way. But um, <laughs> it was still super cool to play that game against other people and to, to just kind of feel that that same competitive sports edge in in that feeling in that moment. Uh, and then we played Gang Beast that was right next to it and Gang Beast. <laughs> was super fun, but also had zero precision in it at all. So it, it was <laughs> a very big difference from playing Windjammers than, than playing games. Uh, and then the last one I have on here is kind of a weird one. It's, uh, it's actually the precursor to NBA Jam. It's called Arch Rivals. Have you ever played that game? Oh, no, I haven't. So I played this game in the arcades. I think it also had some console versions. I think I played it on the Super Nintendo, maybe the original NES. I think actually the original NES, um, but it's a Come out in '89. It's a two-on-two basketball game, and it very much feels like NBA Jam, but a lot slower. And the the thing that you could do in here, you could just punch people. Like you, it had it had punching and it had shoving, and <laughs> yeah, it looks like the the tagline here is a real basket brawl. Yes, uh huh, totally. Uh, and it, and it was like, if somebody was going up for a dunk, you could just shove them and they would lose the ball and then you could get it back. Uh, I, I thought the basketball part of this game was pretty fun. The problem was that whenever you, whenever anything happened, uh, it would kind of go to a cutscene is probably a generous term for, for this time, but it would cut to a different screen that would show you something. So if I, if I scored, it would be a cheerleader waving her pom-poms for about <laughs> two seconds before it would go back to the action, or it would be a coach, uh, one of the coaches, like either being ecstatic or being angry, depending on which coach it was. After every single score or every out of bounds, it, and it just... It's, that seems excessive. It slowed the game <laughs> way down. I think the reason it was in there was because it was originally an arcade game, and uh, it was a timed arcade game. So having it having it put in those kind of cutscenes 
would lengthen the amount of time the game took, which meant that you need quarters in. Um, it's not it's not great. Like it, it totally would not hold up these days. But I had a lot of fun playing that game, especially in the arcade. But I, I definitely played. But yeah, like those yeah. the people who made NBA Jam made this first, and that was kind of what helped them make a prototype to really bring to the NBA to say, hey, we can we can make a two on two basketball game with with your players. Um, if you're actually interested more in the story of NBA Jam, there are a couple ways that you can read about it. One, I think I think it was Sports Illustrated did a in depth uh, uh, phrase I'm looking for. Uh, editorial uh more like a post expose postmortem featurette kind of thing <laughs> postmortem uh, <laughs> they they talked to a number of the people involved uh oral history that's that's the phrase i was looking for. uh an oral history they talked to a lot of the people who uh had worked on that game and really brought it to life and it was fascinating i i think that's a a very good read a very long read but a very good read and then if you want even more information uh one of the, I think it's in the newest edition of Boss Fight Books. I don't know if this book is out yet or not, uh, but there is a Boss Fight Books on on NBA Jam. This this person cool. has interviewed probably most of the same people that, that uh, Sports Illustrated interviewed. But, uh, this is in a paperback book form. Boss Fight Books, uh, I know we've talked about it on the show before. I think they make really good products. Uh, they've A lot of the books, a lot of the authors that they get for, for these books are quite good, and uh, and I know NBA Jam from their new set. So plenty of right good on. stuff there. Johnny, yes. What uh, is there any like sports game? So you you said you're like playing FIFA now, right? Like FIFA is your sports game. Yeah, I usually get the new FIFA whenever it comes out and play it for a couple months. I'm I'm looking to get excited by sports games. And I okay. just, I haven't been. I played last... You've been playing the show, right? I played last MLB year's the show? show, and it was it was fine. Uh, it kind of started to pull me in with its, uh, with its card game mechanic stuff that cost money that was dumb. Don't, don't spend money on stupid virtual cards. Don't, don't do it. <laughs> I'm speaking from experience here. Do as Chase says, not as he does, yeah, kids. Certainly not. Um, and and I think because of that experience, I'm not going to get MLB The Show 18. It's, that's just come out or just about to come out. Yeah, because uh, I I just don't want to deal. I don't want to get back into that world. I want to play like a regular game of baseball, and I know that's in there. But I feel like I'll get the pull of of trying to pay money for stupid cards. Um, uh, like same, same token. I don't want to play FIFA and I don't want to play Madden for the, because they have the same ultimate team stuff that's, that's mm-hmm. in those games. And like, I, I tried to play that NBA playgrounds game, but it's, it's two on two. And I think even though it doesn't have free to play stuff, it has like free to play hooks in it where, uh, it has card packs where you can get new players, but you can't pay real money for them. You can only pay in game currency for them, which is cool. Yeah, that's, that's cool. They're not trying to gouge you. Yeah, I mean that's that's nice. I just didn't really like the game that much, uh, especially the shooting stuff. I I wasn't a big. But I did get an updated version on Switch, and I try that out, see if I like it any better. Um, 
But then, like, I'm just, I'm kind of searching for a new game to get excited about. And hopefully, my fingers are crossed right now, uh, is that uh, RBI Baseball, RBI Baseball 18. Uh, so the, the interesting story about that one is that the Major League Baseball Advanced Media, which does a lot of stat stuff for MLB, they brought that game in-house, I think last year was the first time they made an RBI Baseball. So this is a, a new team of people who they, they MLB official MLB went out to go find developers and hire them in-house to make this uh, this new RBI baseball game. And the first one I think was a little rough around the edges, but it seemed like they kind of understood it. And now the new one I think just came out today for PS4 and Xbox and is coming soon to switch iOS. Will you be picking it up? And yeah, I'm going to wait for some reviews, but I think that's kind of more in line of what I'm looking for, like something that's a little bit more arcadey, that has the players' names that I know, and I can still play with the different teams and stadiums, but is also like not a super semi baseball game. Like that, that sounds fun to me. So hopefully, I'll be talking about that in the next few weeks or so, and can uh, I look forward to hearing about, about sports games again. I, I like sports the idea of sports games, and I, I am sad that I don't have a ton that I'm ever excited about. Like the, the ones that we talked about in the show, most of them are from a pretty old era. Like we're talking about yeah. N64 and back. Uh, I mean, there are some. There are some here that were on 360 and GameCube, but yeah, a lot of older so, systems. Sad. Yeah. That's where we're at. Anyway, Johnny, anything else you would like to say before we head out? Uh oh, I forgot. Uh, I downloaded uh, Player Unknown's Battlegrounds on my iPhone. Cool. And that's not the way you should play that game. <laughs> I've heard people say they like it. Like I, I, I'm not interested in playing that game in any form. I mean, in a pinch, sure, mm-hmm. it's fine. But it's no substitution for the real thing. What about Fortnite on mobile? I have not tried Fortnite on mobile. Uh, uh, and then Part-Time UFO was another one I started playing. Oh, on right. Phone. That's the uh, HAL Laboratory game mm-hmm. on iOS? Yeah, it's fun. I pick it up, play it for five minutes, and that's enough. Yeah, it seems like a fun gimmick. Well, that's that's going to do it for me. All right. Well, cool. Well, uh, if you want to hear more about The Casual Hour, you can go to thecasualhour.com. You can also follow us on Twitter at The Casual Hour. And I believe that is also our Instagram as well is at The Casual Hour. Where you can see the great art that, that Bobby Pease makes for our show each week. Uh, let's see. I also, Bobby's art is great. He is not. Very true. <laughs> um in my spare time, when I'm not doing the casual hour, I have another video game podcast called Gamers on the Go. Uh, it's about handheld video games. Find that at gamersonthe.com and search for Go on iTunes. And I uh, Twitter is at GOTG Podcast. And there's going to be some new stuff on that very, very soon. Uh, I recently recorded an episode with Bobby and Pierce, actually. Again, happy birthday, Pierce, uh, on Oxenfree, so you can listen to that one right now. And then I'm actually recording another new episode tomorrow. Then I'm recording another episode potentially next week. And then I've got Damn. two more episodes that'll come uh, post-PAX time, but probably in the, in the time right after PAX East. Uh, so I have 
I have a lot of shows that I have scheduled and I'm excited for 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 Gamers on the Go. So lots of stuff coming from that. Uh, it kind of happens in fits and starts. And it's been a little while since I made an episode for that oxen free one. And now that I made that, I'm kind of back into the uh, to the Gamers on the Go swing of things. So hopefully I'll, I'll keep uh, keep it up and keep making cool shows for that because that's a lot of fun to do. And hopefully Very I cool. can get Johnny on that sometime once he plays a Someday. game. We should talk about Fire Emblem. We could talk about Fire Emblem. That's very true. Uh, that, that might be something I have us do. So be on the lookout for that. Uh, be on the lookout for another episode of Casual Hour next week. Thank you all for listening. Johnny, thank you for being on. I will probably Thanks see you me. next month, I guess. Like We're going to try to get you in once a month for these yeah. shows, if possible. Yeah, and hopefully uh, by that point, my I'm a little tired. If you, if people couldn't tell, uh, we just got a puppy over the weekend, and he has been keeping me up a little bit at night. I imagine as we, so. As we're getting him crate trained, so tell tell the folks the puppy and the puppy's name. Uh, he is an eight week old pug puppy. Uh, his name is Hoagie. Very cute. like the sandwich. <laughs> All right. <laughs> Sounds good. Well, we'll be back to our regularly scheduled Bobby P's programming next week. Uh, But until then, thank you all for listening, and we will be back.